to the Racing Mindcast, the show that helps athletes slow down their minds so they can race past their limits. I'm Chris Haig. And I'm Morgan Bickenbach-Davies. And on today's show, we are going to be talking about an ultra mindset and how to cultivate an ultra mindset, and then into um, getting naked with some, or knocked with some naked bars, and then in part three, talking about the year of fear, so a standard episode. So let's dive right into it. Uh, first off, we had, uh, so I guess it was last weekend that yep. we had an adventure. Canadian um, Thanksgiving. Canadian Thanksgiving, so tell us about it. Uh, well... Not Canadian Thanksgiving, uh, what we did. <laughs> well, uh, you know, Cliff Notes version, we went 56 kilometers? No, yes. Yeah, it was just, yeah. 56 kilometers is the official distance from here to a town called Westport, which is kind of northeast of us. Mm -hmm. um, so we decided kind of... Uh, on a kind of a crazy idea to well you ran mm -hmm. and me bike from here to there and uh, I ended up doing slightly less than 50 because I started further out mm -hmm. uh, just for safety reasons but you started from the house so. I started from the house yeah. and did 32 and you started miles. you started before me so yep. how about you start from okay. your, your part so kind of pre since the theme is the ultra mindset. Yeah, this is the first the, ultra. Really. This is, yeah, the first ultra. Uh, hopefully of many, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, the mind, the ultra mindset begins, I think, in the practices and leads, uh, practices and training sessions leading up to the ultra. And since this was an impromptu ultra. Self-supported. Self-supported. <laughs> not really organized yeah. on the seat of my pants for pure enjoyment. I didn't really think about it leading up. No, yeah, and you didn't train specifically no. for this, neither did I. And I, I think that actually was our benefit, is that we didn't yeah. psych ourselves out beforehand. No, yeah, we didn't have like a countdown week by week or mm -hmm. anything. And I think a lot of people in the lead up to their first big race, whether it's a marathon or a 10K or 5K mm -hmm. or a triathlon or Kona yeah. or whatever, psych themselves out thinking that they're not going to be able to complete it or well, they're not going to do good enough or they're not going to hit their times or their right. PRs. And I think going into an ultra, especially your first ultra, you should have no expectations of what to expect. No, except for to have just ha finishing and having a good time mm -hmm. and i think if you're able to focus on those two things then i think you're in a right mindset to do well yeah like i think the, another important point is that we weren't doing like a 12-week training mm -hmm. walk for this like we didn't have this kind of week by week okay it's eight weeks to go it's seven weeks to go it's like okay now i'm tapering mm -hmm. like we didn't have those those benchmarks we didn't have those kind of Thing, like cues like right. we didn't, or triggers um like we didn't have those things to kind of remind us of this looming date it was kind of like well do you want to do this next week yeah. sure nothing could go horribly horribly wrong but why not like it was really just let's see if we can do it yeah but there was no doubt in my mind that a you would finish and b i would finish there's mm. no doubt like i i knew yeah. starting and i think you have run. to go into that yeah. it be it a race or be it what we mm -hmm. did just a you know, random adventure if you don't go into it thinking, okay, no, I'm going to finish. It might take me a long, longer than I expect, but I'm going to finish. If and you don't go into that, you're not going to finish. And that's what you have to keep on reminding yourself, especially in the ultra distances. You can always go slower. You just oh, have yeah. to keep on moving, just, yeah. moving forward. Yeah, just keep putting one foot in front of the other. doesn't matter how long it takes you. It's just as long as you keep that momentum mm -hmm. going, like eventually you're going to get there. Like. <laughs> 
And also, I found that when I started to think about in the couple days before, before the, I don't want to call it a race or event, before no. the run, yeah. uh, before the run, when I would say, you know, is it really possible for me to do that? And I'm like, yeah. You know, if I need to take a walk break, I'll take a walk yeah. break. If I need to take a, you know, a picture of the pretty leaves, I'll take a picture of the pretty leaves. And but just go all out the, and all enjoy the better. It. Like it's just a track, yeah. and yeah. just enjoy it. And that's all I had to think about. Is it's going to be fun. It's going to be epic, and it's going to be awesome. Right. And I went in there. And another thing to think about, especially for your first one, is just not setting any expectations. No. Uh, not setting any, all right, I want to do it in this time, especially for your first one. You're right. only a first-timer once. Mm -hmm. And after that, then you can start worrying about time. But for your first one, just focus on enjoyment. Focus on enjoying yeah. it. So that's the mindset I had going into the run. And as far as, because I'm a geek when it comes to metrics and power numbers and heart rate, I, while I didn't want to set a number, I knew that I could hold 240 watts for the whole entire run. I knew that. No, and a that, lot of people might that, not know what that means. So I run with a stride power meter. Uh -huh. uh, and I'm, I'm sort of coach people with stride power meters. And it's different from cycling power meters because it's not strain gauge based. Right. So on a bike, when you have a cork or a P1 pedal or whatever, those are strain gauge power meters. So they're they're legit power meters. Mm -hmm. This one is a foot pod that goes on your shoe mm -hmm. and it gives you a very, it uses a barometer uh, to measure pressure so you can monitor when you're going up hills, an accelerometer to measure ground, ground contact time and vertical oscillation and cadence and turns all of those things into a power number measured mm -hmm. in watts. And that's where the similarity is between that and the bike. And and, right. It, so it gives you a calculated estimate of how many watts you're producing for a run. Mm -hmm. And so I've been training with it since consistently since June. And I have found that I can hold, this is my, you know, just like in cycling, zone one, zone two, zone three, zone four, all the way up to, you know, zone seven. Right. I know that I can run long periods of time between 240 watts and 250 watts. Mm -hmm. So in the week uh, leading up to the run, I tested out going slower at that wattage and realized, kept on asking myself, does this feel like I could run for four to five hours? Yeah, is this your autopilot? Yeah. Is this my autopilot? Yeah. And it was. So I knew as a safety blanket, if I just stuck to that 240 watts, yeah, you'd get there. I would get there. Right. So what I did is I ran out the door hit 240 watts and mm -hmm. said, you know, this is cruising yeah, speed exactly. and control. shut down all worrying about pace and pace and effort because I knew that if I held that 240 watts, I would be good. Right. And because I was on an autopilot or cruise control with those wattages, I was able to take in my surroundings and just enjoy my surroundings. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that was, in my opinion, a huge benefit for the event because I knew it was as long as I held this wattage, I was good. Yeah. And then I could just enjoy everything else. Right. So logistically, when, what, like, so logistically, you left, you left at like, I left at 5.15. Yeah. Okay. So you left at 5.15. I didn't leave until eight. Mm -hmm. Um, just because we were trying to guesstimate like how long it would mm -hmm. take me to at least catch up to or do it in the same amount of right. 
distance and less time because I'm on a bike, blah, blah, blah. Ended up way not calculating that the right way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I went faster than expected. I had, I had estimated five hours for, yeah, the, for the Which event. is a good, like, lib you know, a good, a you know, ballpark estimate. very large window so mm -hmm. that you don't feel disappointed if you don't right. make it, which is another good, you mm -hmm. know, safety thing. Or not safety thing, but you know what I mean. Like it's a it's it's a good ego yeah. um, cushion. You know, if I have to walk, it will most likely take yeah. me five hours. Yeah. And so me being on a bike, I didn't really have that concern. I I was going based on previous performance versus distance. Mm -hmm. I knew that I'd probably be about two and a half hours. Ended up being two thirty five. Um, without hills though, and that's what I so it was I different terrain than yeah. I'm used to. But yeah, like with hills. Um, uh, side note, my bike is a piece of poop. Well, you got it from Canadian Tire for $100 Canadian. Yeah. Um, $70 so, American for our American viewers. 75 But um, I went up my first hill and the chain just started skipping away. <laughs> so I managed a few of those hills, uh, very terrified because there was mm -hmm. cars pushing by me and I kept my foot kept slipping um, on the pedal because I was skipping on my chain. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I did. I, tol I tolerated that a few times, and then I just realized, okay, if the hill's about forty-five degrees, I'm just gonna walk it mm -hmm. because um, uh, it it was just unsafe, and it was probably raising my heart rate even mm -hmm. more. Um, yeah, and then the other obstacle was continuous rain. Yeah, the weather. So yeah. when I started at five fifteen, yeah. it was perfect conditions. Mm -hmm. Overcast, a little on the humid side, but overcast, cool. It was perfect, mm -hmm. and yeah, on the dark Lucky side. But devil. so I I started and did three mile and did three hours without rain. Yeah, yeah. And those were fantastic. I, you know, I saw yeah. the sunrise come up over the marshes. It was glorious. Uh, that yeah. was just you texted fantastic. me and, and you just like I could hear I could read through your text that mm -hmm. you were in a good mood and things you know just the body was clicking along and yeah. you just get into that zone not too hot not too cold not too cold so i came in so it was actually your mom and we'll have to talk about logistics as far as fueling and everything yeah. your mom met me at the marathon mark coincidentally right and that was at three hours and 15 minutes yeah and she swapped out my water bottle and gave me an extra bar and right after she took off it started to rain so I, I got a marathon in no. for me up no, closer to No, because by the time we left, I started a little bit out of town just because of an overpass. Mm -hmm. um, when I picked her up, it was raining. Like when I picked Here, her, though, yeah, yeah, yeah. Up where I oh, was, it wasn't raining. Good point, good point. So it wasn't raining. I got a marathon under the belt without right. any rain, which was good. Yeah. Long story short, it was raining the whole time I yes. was on the bike. <laughs> so that's a whole different mindset mm. that you had to... You know, no, we knew going into it this, was it was most likely going to rain. And I think realizing that and accepting it and saying was, it's out yeah. of our control, I, was, I think I that was I was prepared benefit. for it. And that, I think, is a huge plus that helped you keep going. What? Because it just knowing accepting, it was, oh, yeah. knowing it and accepting it and saying, wet. I'm going to do this regardless if it's rain yeah. or shine. Yeah. And I think that's a that's a lot a lot of people are fair weather fair weather trainers. Mm -hmm. So if if it if it's mere, a mere spitting of rain, they tend to go inside, but I think it's 
beneficial to put yourself in adverse conditions yeah, sometimes. To be uncomfortable. To Practi be uncomfortable. Practicing being uncomfortable is very valuable for your training. Um, having said that, said that, if I can avoid, mm -hmm. you know, training in the rain, I will. Like, I'm, you know, just as guilty as anyone of using the treadmill when I don't want mm -hmm. to put myself in a situation where it's wet. But going into that, it was either biking in the rain or not biking at all. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to deal with it. And it might take me longer. It will probably be wet the whole time. Mm -hmm. I'll probably be covered in gravel, and I was. But I just, I just knew that was my reality, and I didn't, well, like, if that's how it is, if wishing it, it was a different way isn't going to make it any better. Mm -hmm. So I just said, okay, well, you know, I'm wet now. I might as well go through the puddles. It doesn't really yeah. matter. Yeah, and I think accepting that and then also yeah. not trying to change it or wishing it was different. Mm -hmm. That is yeah, a huge wishing it was switch. different just increases your suffering yes. because then you're imagining something that you don't have, which just makes you want something mm -hmm. more. And it's just it's like rather than seeing the, you know, all of the positives in a crummy situation or less than ideal and more uncomfortable situation, not even crummy. Like I was smiling the whole way, yeah, just because it was fun. Um, so you, you were focusing on the fun rather than the crummy yeah, conditions. Yeah, and I was talking That's to my, awesome. like, I wasn't listening to any music because my mother mm -hmm. would have killed me because um, there was no shoulder on Yeah, the and <laughs> Ontario drivers, especially on I this road, any drivers, horrible. like, er, any mm -hmm. drivers on a holiday weekend mm -hmm. don't want to see a biker on no shoulder roads. Yeah. Like, And I was <laughs> so thankful that I was running because those roads, like, I couldn't imagine taking my road bike up there. Oh, I wouldn't have taken my road bike. Just because it was horrible. I was taking it, a mountain bike. It was, it, it was, it was appropriate for a mountain bike. Yeah, the, a better mountain bike. Yeah. Um, Speaking but, of which, if you want to donate to the show and hey, donate a yeah. mountain bike, please <laughs> contact us directly. And, anyway, um, but like, yeah, it just. I but I, I think you're getting at the core of the ultra mindset. Yeah, is accepting that. Yeah, you're most likely you're pushing, you're putting yourself in an uncomfortable position. Mm -hmm. You're going to put yourself in an uncomfortable position. So have fun just, while you're doing it. But yeah, you focus on the fun because that uncomfortable position will a change when you focus less. Yeah, but a, like, uh, focus I, less on the being uncomfortable, yeah. and that it shouldn't take away from your enjoyment of the event. Yeah, and complaining is just gonna, you know, do you a disservice. Mm -hmm. Like, rather than embracing where you are and just saying, okay, how can I make this enjoyable or entertaining for myself? I entertain myself by just talking to myself and sounding like an idiot. Like, yeah. I started talking to myself about cars not killing me. I, t I talked to some turkeys I saw in a field and I told them to run away. Yeah, it's Canadian. Yeah, well, it was Thanksgiving weekend, so With I hunters all figured around. I'd give them some advice. Um, yeah, so I was just kind of making fun of it, being silly, um, you know, doing my best to just, you know, make it less serious, considering I think it helped that I felt scared about the cars mm -hmm. to try and diffuse that anxiety. I was just trying to be silly whenever I could, mm -hmm. just because it was, it was kind of scary to mm -hmm. have a car come, you know, yay close to you. Um, so, yeah, that was my mindset. I think that... The, that mindset is very important in ultra, in long distance, and I, I think in any race situation. Is yeah, and not taking it too seriously. Yeah, not taking it too seriously yeah. and embracing being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Now, we can make it, I think, we can make it suck less with a few things. First, mm -hmm. proper nutrition. And yeah. this is, if, I'm, if, I, if we're ever to do this again, I 
did not plan this correctly. I had one water bottle and that got me through 20 miles. Mm -hmm. And I was feeling fine at mile I'm 20. I'm so but glad I gave my mom the water bottle. I'm um, so glad. And I only had three bars, so I had about 250 calories an hour. Yeah. And ran out at mile 20, so was running on empty by the marathon mark. Unfortunately, your mom yeah. swapped out. Well, yeah, I, like um, I left what I had for you because I was gonna plan mm -hmm. on meeting you, but because of how much we miscalculated the like how long yeah. it would take me to get to you. Um, I'm so glad that just as like a backup, I gave my mom a bar and water mm -hmm. because I never ended up catching you yeah. because you finished before me um, and then you and mom came back to try and find me and I was so like deflated mm -hmm. that I never got you because that was the one thing that was keeping me going because <laughs> before, like, before I got on the bike, I was like, okay, this is going to suck. I was really, I was not, yeah, I was not, I did not start my day positive. Because mm -hmm. I said, oh, sh you know, it's raining, this is going to suck, blah, blah, blah. And then I told myself, okay, at least catch up to Chris and then decide if you want to go further. And so that was, that was driving me to get on the bike. And then that was driving me through the first couple miles until I really just, you know, found my groove. Mm -hmm. And so I was always waiting to find you and then decide. So the more time I waited, the less, you know, distance there was to go. Mm -hmm. And then I see you and mom driving towards mm -hmm. me. And I was like, oh, damn, I never caught him. So I felt like I didn't do anything. Like, and that was, unfortunately, that was a bit of kind of a bittersweet end mm -hmm. to my ride was that like, after all of that positivity going on in my mm -hmm. head, as soon as I had an external metric of where I was or wasn't, it, I just deflated. Yeah. And that could that could be race position, that could be looking at your times, yeah. that could be looking multiple at your heart things. Rate. Looking at your heart rate, which we will yeah. talk on in another episode. Yeah. So it's it's important to keep what your triggers are, and I think that's an appropriate mm -hmm. use of the term here, mm -hmm. what your triggers are for negative mindsets. Yeah, and know how, to, like, you know, know if, if that kind of stuff bugs you, don't look at it. Yeah, exactly. Like, just know not to look at it, don't be tempted. Just know that that's your weakness, and don't indulge it. Mm -hmm. So, overall, focus on the positives, focus on what's fun, mm -hmm. turn it into a fun event. Yeah, gamify it. Gamify it and make sure you fuel and hydrate properly. I think those are the, the key components for an ultra mindset. Yeah. Cliff notes. Cliff notes. Anyway, that ends part one. If you've done an ultra and you've got tips for ultra mindset, definitely yeah. let us know. Leave them in the comments below. And we will keep you posted on further ultra activities. Adventure. Yes which will be further down the road. We've got a lot of stuff planned. Yeah. Anyway, that ends part one. We will be back shortly with Buy It or Bonk, where we're going to be testing out Knock It Bars. Welcome back to part one of the part Racing Mindcast. Part two, part excuse two. me, part two. Part two um, of the Racing Mindcast. And today we have a British product. Well, British and Canadian. We have them in the, in Canada as mm -hmm. well, just not these flavors. I have to thank my friend who lives in, in London for getting us these thank two you, new, and I think one is limited time, flavors of Naked, uh, which is spelled N-A-K-D. With an umlaut. Or with a, a, a macaron. Yeah, um, but I think it's supposed to be naked. Uh, so we have carrot cake and peanut delight, which we don't get here. We do get a lot of them, but not these. Um, and they're basically Larabar type bars mm -hmm. with dates and nuts, and then they put in different flavors to make them, you know, more exciting. 
So let's start with peanut. Start with peanut. Okay. So um, the nutritional information is tiny, so I won't bother. Yep. But you can check out the show notes, and we'll have all the nutrition notes up well, there for you. I will you. read them out. So it's 148 calories for, it's very specific in the UK, 148 calories for the bar, uh, 7.5 grams of fat, uh, 14.6 grams of carbs, of which sugars, it's in like five languages. Uh, of, of the 14.6 grams of sugar, of, of carbs, it's 13.6 grams of sugar. Mm, from the so dates. it's dates. Um, 1.8 grams fiber, 4.8 grams of protein. So, so this is peanut. I just had my first bite, so while you take what you can definitely huge smells, chunks yeah. of peanuts. It's like... I don't know if you can see that. There will be a picture mm -hmm. at some point. Texture-wise, it's exactly like a Laura Bar, but with chunks. It smells like peanut. Like, and it's, it smells like peanut. And it on, it's like taking bites of chunky peanut butter. Very with chunky. Very sweetened with dates. So the dates and it, doesn't completely overpower the peanuts. I mean, to, the, to their credit, there are three ingredients. Dates, peanuts, and sea salt. And that's what Larvar started off as. So it's like the original yeah. Larvar. Yeah. And so it's, it's, very, it's very natural. Mm -hmm. and take that as you want to take that. But you get the date and you get the peanut. And that's it. It is what it says on the label. Mm -hmm. Ah, too much peanut. Though. As far as, yeah, most likely. I could eat this on a run. It's it too be... chunky for me. I was expecting peanut butter. Mm -hmm. Like peanut butter and date compacted. But right. it's, it's, it's. But it's, with the chunks? It's like a bar trail mix. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's kind of almost yeah. like a kind bar. Yeah. Like in terms of mm -hmm. chunkiness. But with dates, obviously. All Less right. chunky than a kind bar. Though. Would you buy it or bonk it? And rate. All right, it beats Laura Bar. Really? And it beats a naked bar. Hmm. I'm sorry, it beats a naked bar. It beats Laura Bar and it beats a kind bar. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually know. I would I would give it a six and a half mm. just because I'm not a huge fan of, I, I think it's just a tad on the chunky side. Yeah. I wouldn't, I would only have it on workouts. I would not have it as an not, everyday snack. I would not have it as, I'd be like, for a workout, I don't want texture. Exactly. I would not want that on a workout. So it would be too too complicated in the mouth, and that sounded yeah. weird. But you know what I mean. Yeah, I'll give it a six and a half and a yeah. Buy it a pinch, but a bonk every time. Else. Yeah, like it's a healthy option to that to, tastes. Legit. And it's a like it's low calorie. Like mm -hmm. it, it is like a good snack portion, especially if you, if you want to give it to your kids. I, I will. Yeah, that's why I gave it a couple more points. Yeah, like it, it would be some a good thing to put in your kid's lunchbox. Mm, I wouldn't give it to my kid. Really? No, too much sugar. Oh, but it's dates. Still. Like versus that versus like a fruit roll-up. Yeah, true. <laughs> like. Oh, we're sorry. And they need sugar. Yeah, like they they're can. growing. Anyway. Um, so what, you give a six, six and a half? Yeah. Six and a half, but a bonk. Yeah, I'd give it a six and a half. Because it's so chunky, I would bonk it as well. But that's just because I don't like texture. <laughs> and on to the seasonal flavor of the carrot Which I think cake. was like seasonal for last spring. Mm -hmm. So... A bit delayed, um, but this is the carrot right, cake. So definitely less chunky. You can see it right there. All right. So nutritional information. See the carrot bits. Yeah, it does have real carrot bits in it. I think it's also 148 calories, 7.6 fat, 16.2 um, carb, 15.6 sugar, 1.6 fiber. So less fiber. Weird. Uh, 2.8 protein because it has less mm -hmm. nuts, I guess. 
And it has more ingredients. It has dates, walnuts, raisins, almonds, cashews, carrots, and cinnamon. But you still, have to get the cinnamon. Still, and it has a hint, yeah. a hint of natural flavoring. I have no idea what that means. It tastes a little bit like cardamom. Does it have raisins in it? Or just dates? Uh, yep. Yeah. Raisins, walnuts, dates, almonds, cashews, carrots, cinnamon. So it tastes. It smells like carrot cake. Mm -hmm. And it tastes like a carrot cake. And it's not as chunky. Like, I don't see, mm -hmm. like, huge pieces But with of... the walnuts and the carrots, you're going to taste the grittiness. Well, yeah, but it's 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 a mm -hmm. natural bar. And it tastes like a carrot cake. It tastes like a somewhat date-like carrot cake. It tastes like a fruit cake. Like a British fruit cake. The mm. kind that you store for years. Mm -hmm. Without the alcohol. No. So they nailed the carrot cake flavor. Mm-hmm. And it's not as like chunky, mm -hmm. so it it doesn't like. There's no crunch, which I like. It's also an exciting flavor. I like the novelty of that. It's exciting. <laughs> the only other carrot cake bar I've ever had was the Cliff Bar carrot cake, which is an and Lara spice. bar. Lara bar yeah. has one. But this is like a mini version mm -hmm. of the Lara. Yeah, it's pretty much on par in terms of ingredients with the Lara bar version. Only it's probably like half the size. Um, yeah, so it's 150 calories. I mean, I would give that a seven and a half. That was gonna seven and a half. So definitely better than the peanut, because mm -hmm. the peanut ones just I don't know what they were thinking with the chunks. I've never seen any naked bar that's that chunky. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, seven and a half, but I'm gonna still bonk it. Um, I'm on the fence. Um, I think just the date overpowers it for me. If it's and... limited time edition, I would buy it because I'm a sucker for marketing. <laughs> but yeah. And I think they also have a lemon one that's limited edition, and I would have liked to try that, but mm -hmm. it, mm, I don't know. Couldn't find it. Oh well. Well, that concludes part two of Buy It or Bonk. We will be back with part three, The Year of Fear. And welcome back to part three of the Racing Mindcast, The Year of Fear. So this past week, we knocked out two. Well, I knocked out two. I did the 50K, and then I also meditated so for was, 30 minutes. that was a bonus? Week. The 50K was a bonus. The 50K was an impromptu bonus. Yes. Uh, so I knocked out two um, and got the, got the meditation, and then you can read all about that on our website. Yep. This week, I actually have to make a confession. I've gotten complacent. Mm. Uh, life. You got life. I got lifed, but also I think I got comfortable, mm. and I didn't focus on tackling my fears, so I yeah. didn't do it. Yeah. And I think that brings up a valid point of why people live in their comfort zone is because they don't think about putting themselves in uncomfortable positions. Right. And that's what happened to me this week. Yeah, especially if you're anxious, you don't want to make yourself more uncomfortable. Yeah. So or whatever, or yeah. underslept, or yeah. whatever. So moving forward, I'm going to be making a conscious effort. Is what I'm going to be focusing more on. What am I going to be doing this week to make myself feel uncomfortable? Are you going to what, double up? I, I most likely will double up either yeah. this week or another week. Uh, so I will have to knock out two. But uh, yeah. this this coming week, uh, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to have a a meal based purely off enjoyment rather than nutrition. And that might sound weird to some people who but, don't have any issues yeah. with food, but for you, that's that's an issue. I've, ever since college, when I started running competitively, I've always thought of 
food as fuel yeah. rather than as pleasure. Yeah. And that's been a problem for me. Mm -hmm. I would want to say it's a problem. It's a blessing and a curse. But... It's, a, it's so, unusual. It's unusual. And I think I need to step back for once and just eat something, eat a meal, where I don't think about nutrition, I don't think about whether it's going to help you recover mm -hmm. or whether it's going to fuel my next workout mm -hmm. or help me accomplish my next training block or deal yeah. with inflammation or cause me inflammation or help with digestion or any of that. I'm just going to sit down to a meal and enjoy it because it's there and be thankful for it. Yeah, it's kind of a cousin of intuitive eating. Cousin of intuitive yeah. eating, but uh, it will be for enjoyment rather than what I was craving yeah. at the moment. You're not going to focus on, okay, what are the, the you know macronutrient components to qualify rather whether exactly. or not you're going to have it. Or micronutrients for that Yeah, matter. whatever. Like, yeah. you're just going to have uh, something just because mm -hmm. and not overthink it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Um, I also have a confession. Um, I still haven't, uh, what is it, wear, worn, worn. worn um, the scary outfit, not a monster costume. It it's, is Halloween coming I know, up. It's, but... Bad timing, but I just... I was supposed to like wear something that doesn't fit my personality of you know being a shy introvert, and I just I just you know got complacent as well. Like yeah. I just put it off and put it off and put it off, and then forgot about it. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm gonna have to double it up yet again. Um, I will That's do it okay, this though. I will do it this week along with, or I will do it next week along with something else. But um, yeah, my apologies. But this week I am going to. I am going to um, have a real PB&J, or peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I am terrified of fats, so peanut butter is a major scare, uh, fear food for me, bread is a major fear food for me, and full sugar jam is a fear food for me, so I thought, why not combine all three? <laughs> so, in, in, you know, literally I'm doing three fears in one, but yeah, I will count it as one fear, and I will take lots of pictures, lots of food porn. Blah, blah, blah. Peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter jelly time. You're aging peanut yourself, butter, dear. Peanut butter. Yeah, chances are if you're a student of mine, you most likely don't know that YouTube sensation. Anyone Unless you're Michael. Uh, and if you know who I'm talking about, yeah. Michael, who is the king of YouTube and knows every single YouTube reference out there, um, bless his heart, yeah. uh, he most likely gets that reference. Anyone if you don't know under that 18 reference, please, probably yeah. doesn't know what we're talking about, <laughs> and that makes me feel really old. Anyway, so yeah, PBJ, um, meal for enjoyment, and... I think that, well, that's, we'll leave it for there, and then if another fear presents itself. Yeah. Uh, but we need to get back on feeling less complacent. Yeah. And once again, these fears, they're fears, and they're also, like, in a sense, and avoidances, yeah. and living, putting ourselves in uncomfortable positions. So that's you, our I, definition I, of fear. I really thought you were going to say living dangerously. Living dangerously. Living dangerously with PBJ. <laughs> living uncomfortable. Yes. Well, eating peanut butter, uh, Peter Pan peanut butter, that's living dangerously. Or Skippy. Or Ooh. Peter Pan's even worse. Anywho, <laughs> that wraps it up for today. Remember, as always, check out BraveheartCanada.com for the full show notes. Leave comments below. Let us know what bars we should try for Buy It or Bonk. And with that, this week, just a reminder, don't forget to breathe, everyone. <laughs>